good sports world. Welcome to the Family Feud Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the Mad Journalist, sitting here with the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, former Tampa Bay Bucks and NCAA beat writer, welcoming you to our weekly college football insider preview, where we look at the week ahead, biggest games on the college football docket for week nine, talk a little godfather's hot seat, Heisman watch, and then Mr. Alan Dell's bum of the week and hero of the week. But first and foremost, as always, jumping in to our Go Baller college football power playoff rankings. Mr. Allen Dell, I know we got a little bit of a difference between how we rank our top four. I'm going to give you mine real quick, and you tell me how crazy I am. Notre Dame, absolute number one, undisputed team in the country. Has the toughest schedule all year long, and I give kudos to them for doing that. They've won every single game they needed to win. Number two, I'm putting Clemson. Number three, Alabama. And then number four, I'm going to take the easy way out, a tie between LSU and Michigan. What do you got, Mr. Allen? No, ties are not allowed. That's that's taking a coward. So give it to Michigan then. Michigan, my number four. LSU knocked out of my top four after I had them number one for multiple weeks. What do you think about that? Well, I'm I'm going to go with LSU, number one. Honestly, they may not be the best college football team, but they certainly have played the toughest schedule. And when all is said and done, they will have played the toughest schedule. I don't see how they're going to – Remain a one-loss team. They're off this week. I think right now, at this moment, LSU deserves a number one ranking. Alabama, Notre Dame, and Clemson. I like Clemson. Michigan was ranked 14th then. Now they're ranked in the top five by the AP poll. They beat Stanford. They won at Virginia Tech. They've won every game they needed to. I don't understand how anyone cannot have Notre Dame number one right now. LSU lost to the Gators. In my opinion, yeah, that Well, it was in the, in the swamp, so. Oh, okay, still. But, I mean, you, you still lose a game. You lose a game. That, that's why my top three teams are all undefeated teams right now. Like I said, Clemson two, Alabama three. Alabama, yeah, you know, their, their schedule is something we've talked about seemingly every week. But, you know, Clemson showed out this past weekend. They, they beat an undefeated NC State team 40, 41-7. to seven. Well, they, they, they still beat them, and, and they still showed up in a game between two undefeated teams, and you got to give them credit for that. No, I they, do. they also beat Texas A&M earlier in the year, albeit in, in a close game. And, and Alabama, they don't have many tests on their schedule this year. That's why I'm still holding them out at the number three spot. But just the margin of victory – of them beating these teams this year. They beat Texas A&M by 22, whereas Clemson only beat Texas A&M by two points. Yeah, you got to be careful of those comparative scores, uh, especially if you're a UCF fan. They like to use comparative scores because they like to refer back to last year's ball game where they beat Auburn. But they barely beat UCF, barely beat Memphis, who went on the road and played Missouri and lost by 32. So, so much for comparative scores Point so well taken. Alabama taking the week off and then the, the the big one everyone's going to be talking about next week is Alabama at LSU that's, I mean, that's a big looking one ahead, that's that's it right there yeah. huh yeah but there's a lot of good games so the, the top game this week has got to be Georgia and Florida because it's an elimination game because a loser will have two losses I can't see them making a playoffs with two losses but with the SEC you never know but uh, I mean I, I think the way you're looking at the landscape right now that every team outside the top four you got the Gators one loss you got Oklahoma one loss you got Kentucky I'm gonna throw Washington State in there that only only one loss on their schedule yeah, well, Ohio yeah. State and Texas both all these teams with one loss they, they all have a chance so if 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 a handful of them lose another game you're gonna see maybe one or two teams with two losses in the playoffs at the end of the season right before UCF, if they go, if they go undefeated, I I think so. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, I think UCF, UCF has reached the pinnacle of its rankings because of what happened with Memphis. Even though they won that game, 
how they want it, one point is the worst thing that could have happened to them. You're making me look bad. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just UCF. They, they've got to. You got to put someone on the schedule. I mean, B, well, BYU did it when, when they were consistently getting left out of the big bowl mm-hmm. games. They started scheduling tough. Yeah, well, they're an independent. In the I, I don't know how. I think I don't think anyone wants to play USF in the Power Conference, especially not UCF. I, you mean. UCF, especially not on the road. So that's. That's something they'll have to deal with, and that's an unfairness about college football. I mean, we could get into a whole topic like why is Rutgers in a Power Five conference? Because they happen to be in the Northeast, where you get good TV rankings. Yeah, you know, at, at the end of the day, the UCF needed almost a miracle to beat Memphis a couple of weeks ago. I'm not saying Memphis it. is a bad team or anything, but you know, come on, it's it's you can't put a team like this in the top four when you have consistent week-to-week competition that's so much better on one side than the other side. And then and just lo- looking at the rest, I mean, there's, you know, obviously UCF and USF, two of the well, you know, few undefeated teams left in the country. Georgia's still in there. They're right there. Even though they got trounced by LSU, they're sitting there at 6-1. and one. You know, Iowa's, Iowa has one loss in the season. They're 6-1 and one as well. Appalachian State, if we want to talk about undefeated teams, that they have they have one loss, but they're one of those teams that, you know, very small school, that, that they've had a tough schedule, but since their week one loss to Penn State, they've won every single game, so kudos to them. And then other teams, West Virginia, the four the four teams with two losses now that I think are the best, Texas A&M, and then Washington, Oregon, and Utah, all from the Pac-12. Yeah, well, USF, I don't think they'll be undefeated uh, anymore. They, they're 7-0, and and they've beaten six teams that have losing records. They're 7 5 Sub-500 teams by an average margin of eight points. <laughs> That's the funniest damn thing I've ever heard! Maybe you can make the case, uh, well, they play down in their competition and they're going to beat Houston. I don't see it this weekend. If I'm if I'm betting that game, I don't know. I don't like to get bet against South Florida, but I, I would take Houston. I, I Again, I go back to the coach in the USF, Charlie Strong. He really did not have a good year. And people that know football know what happened last year with USF. I don't know how many people want to talk about USF. They got a really tough schedule coming well, they're, up. They're, they're one of the one of five only undefeated teams. Yeah, left well, they in the won't country. be. They won't be. They won't be after this Saturday. But we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see about that. We'll see how that plays out. But I mean, look, one one team one team to me that's underrated, sitting at number fourteen in the AP, fifteen in the coaches, Washington State. They've only had one loss in their season. It was to USC by only three points. They had a convincing win against Oregon, won by two touchdowns this past weekend. Big game, one of the biggest games to look for this weekend as number 14, Washington State. The Cougars take on Stanford at Stanford, number 24 right now in the country. That's a 7 p.m. Eastern time kickoff Saturday night. And talk about the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, the Gators against the Georgia Bulldogs, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time Saturday. What's your pick in that game, Mr. Allendale? I, I say the Gators are going to win. They're a six-and-a-half-point dog or six-point, depending where, where you look. I, I just like their chances. I, I who has, who has Georgia beaten this year? Nobody. Nobody. Uh, they're living off of last year. Uh, Sony Michelle's gone. Nick, Nick Chubb's Chubb gone. Yep. Some of their key defensive play lost six starters off of defense. I think uh, Florida's going to pull this one out. They do have one of the best defenses. And, I, and Jake Fromm, the quarterback, is under fire. I don't know. The fans have turned on him. They're saying they should go to somebody else. And that's a shame, but that's I can't disagree with them. I saw, I've seen that guy play a couple times, and he hasn't looked that impressive. And Georgia, we talked about their murderer's row before when they were undefeated, and they already started, and they were murdered in the first game of the murderer's row, 36-16 to at LSU. We now they're, now they're against Florida on a neutral field. 
then at Kentucky next week, yeah. and at home against Auburn the week after. So things don't lighten up for the Georgia Bulldogs schedule right now. Yeah, they, they haven't beaten a ranked team this year, or at least while they were ranked. So. South Carolina was the only one at South Carolina week Well, they're two. not ranked anymore. Yeah, well, they were 24th at the time, so it, it was still by a stretch. But the interesting thing about them is that they were blowing out every team they played, but the competition just wasn't there. Tennessee, yeah. Vanderbilt, Missouri – you know, let's let's not talk about Austin P yeah, and Mid- yeah. Middle Tennessee State. Why are they playing two of those teams early in the season? Yeah, well, Washington State's they get criticized for their out of conference schedule, criticized for being in the Pac-12, criticized because of their offense. That, that you know, the, the saying goes or the rhetoric goes, Mike Leach cannot win a big game because he doesn't have a wash doesn't have a running game. They won a big game last weekend. They beat Oregon, who was ranked number twelve. One by two touchdowns. Uh, if they win another big game this weekend, they, that, that yeah. instantly vaults them in the yeah, top ten. They, they're already in my top ten right now. Yeah, they've lost four of their past six road games. Uh, they're the Pac-12's only playoff hope because they're the only team that has one loss. It's going to be awful tough. So. Yeah, like I mentioned, those other two lost teams in the Pac-12, Washington, Oregon, and Utah, to me, all very good teams, all well-deserving to be in top 15, top 20 teams in the country right now, but it's going to be tough if you have two losses now. I think if you have two losses to end the year, if, if you're one of the big power conference schools, you might still have a chance to get in there. I don't think you should get in with two losses. It was, hey, it's it, bad enough what happened last year when Alabama, they didn't qualify for the SEC championship game, which is really the best thing that ever happened to them because they didn't have to go through that. They got a pass into the uh, the final four, and, and they and they rolled to it. Yeah. So if Nick Saban loses to LSU, you know what? That might be the best thing that happens it, to Alabama. It, well, in regards to the two losses, it, it depends on who the two losses are too. If you lost the two teams in the top ten, 10, should that be a reason why you don't get in? Two losses to teams in the top five. Look, the reason why Notre Dame is my number one is because they've beaten the most ranked teams and yeah. they're undefeated. The reason why LS, I have Michigan over LSU, as much as I love the Tigers, is that Michigan's loss was to my number one team in the country, Notre Dame. LSU's loss was to the Gators. And I, I think the Gators are up there as well for me, but I compare the lot when you have two one-loss teams, I compare who was the loss to, and then you go on from there in terms of who they beat and who they played on the schedule so far in the season, but talking about a few other big games, we mentioned Iowa, one loss at Penn state, two losses. Penn state's obviously going to be a big favorite in that one afternoon game, Washington at Stanford, the night game, and then Clemson undefeated going to play L FSU Clemson at FSU, 12 PM kickoff Eastern time. Mr. Allendell, does Willie have the cojones well, to pull I, off an upset? I've known Willie Taggart for a long time. I've followed him and I'll tell you one thing he does well. When he goes up against a highly ranked opponent and he's a heavy underdog, he all his teams all, all almost always play extremely well. So if you're a betting person, I'm so, I, I think Clemson will win the game, but I'm saying take FSU in 17 points or 17 and a half if, if you can get that. But that's one thing. Even when he was at USF and he was struggling, he had some good games. He went on the road, Big Ten, I think it was Wisconsin, won him. He His teams play well when they're heavy underdogs most of the time. And they, and they really, they, they could have won four straight. They won three out of their last four. It should be four on four, but they fell apart against Miami. They were up 27-7. So I, I say Clemson win, but the game will be a lot closer. If FSU doesn't turn the ball over, if Francois doesn't fumble, throw picks, 
I like them if you're getting 17 points. Great cash over here. Yeah, First yeah. bet. Bet the Knowles. Get that money in your and pocket. One thing bet about the Washington line, State, a lot of the coaches don't like Mike Leach. But also, he, he he didn't do a good job last year or two years ago. He started 6-0 and and went 3-4 and uh, the second half of the season. They got a big game. And if they can – they were the highest jumpers in both polls. Yeah. They went up 11 That's in about the AP, time, really. And they went up 8 in the coaches' poll. So, went up to now they're top 15 in both polls. And it was interesting is to look at the, the two lost teams ranked behind them is Washington is the, is the highest ranked Pac-12 team with the highest ranked two lost team in the country. And they're from the Pac-12 over the likes of Texas A&M, over the likes of Penn State, uh, Wisconsin, Oregon, Utah, Stanford. Those are the other two lost teams in the yeah. AP poll. So yeah. interesting to see Washington still getting that love. Washington too. State and Stanford is going to be very interesting. Uh, the Cardinal has only conceded seven passing touchdowns this year, and he's going against Mike Leach's aerial offense. So that's, that's going to be interesting. Uh, they have, But Stanford, on the flip side, is one of the lowest-scoring offenses in the Pac-12, averaging just a shade under 25 points a game. So Right. Yeah, Stanford's still one of those two lost teams that could creep up back to the top ten well, if they get this Also, Bryce Love others. has been hurt, so the yeah. former Heisman was the runner-up last year is just not producing, but it's it's not his fault. He's injured. He's injured. Well, let's see, let's see how the Stanford Cardinal does because they're at home against Washington State. Next week they're at Washington, so back-to-back against the Washington teams right there. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. As well, and then looking at, we talked about a little bit earlier, USF, South Florida Bulls, one of only five unbeaten teams in the country. Mr. Allendale, you covered the USF Bulls. We both did for Rivals.com, Rivals.com back in the day. You covered them for the Sarasota Herald Tribune, for the Braden Herald, for many, many years back when they were flashing car lights under their practice fields when they didn't have proper also, when they stadium were and number, practice fields. When they were ranked number two in the country, the year they beat Auburn at Auburn. You oh, were yeah. at that well, game. We, were, we were there for that, and that was, that was a fun one, man. That was uh, – but so, so anyways, USF at Houston, you, you bet you bet in the line, you taking the points with Houston or what? And I know, I know you got Houston to win outright, but yeah. you're taking the points. Tough one. My, my only thing about USF, maybe they played down to their competition. I don't know. They lost to Houston last year in a, in a crazy game in South Florida where it was fourth and 24 in the fourth quarter. Houston converted it and won the game. If you're a betting man and putting my feelings, emotions away, I, I, I think – Houston will cover the seven-and-a-half-point spread. Yeah, well, four out of USF's seven wins have been decided by one possession or less, and, and that's eight points, one point, seven, six. Still broke Yeah, this is some close game. They, they struggled to beat Tulsa and UConn in, in the last two weeks. They got the wins. I give them credit for that, but worries me that this could be a blowout in Houston's favor come this Saturday. I, I hope the USF comes to play. I hope the coaching staff gets them ready to play in this game. Yeah, and USF's sure. uh, in, in their favor last year, they, they did the same thing basically as this year, beating bad teams in close games. And, and then they played UCF down on the wire, and they put up 40-plus uh, points in that game. They may be better this year because they have two really good running backs. If USF wins this game, you could see them in the top 15 when the polls come out. Or if they lose, then they will be out and oh, Houston be, yeah, will be they in. They won't be Houston ranked. will be ranked in the top 25. That's that's how I see it playing out in terms of but, who wins but you, that game. USF might have a, a, a really one of the best dual dynamic running duos in the country, Cronkrite. And the late and Johnny Ford, the little five foot five guy that 
had 164 yards last week on only seven carries. I mean, that Mr. Inside, Mr. Outside. Oh, yeah, Mr. Cronkite, so he, he, so, he's a heck of a player so right there. They, last, last week was the first time they got going. So let's move on to your Heisman watch, Mr. Allen Dell. Oh, Tell me your I'm top gonna... three that you have on the list. See if you got my boy, but I'll keep that a secret for now. Who do you, who do you got in your top well, three Heisman watch? Please not. Please tell me it's not Justin Herbert anymore. It's my quarterback. Well, I got two and number one, Kyler Murray, number two, and I'm keeping Herbert at oh number three. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, why does Herbert still deserve to be on this list, man? Well, please, give me a reason. In, in That's not, it doesn't matter if he's going to be the number one pick. That doesn't mean he's in the Heisman race. Quarterback pick. It doesn't mean – draft uh, pick doesn't mean anything. So, he's why like, you still got him in there? You Ducks homer since Willie Taggart coached there or what, nah, man? Come I, I, on. I'm just waiting to see how it plays out. Oh, okay. All right. I expect more out of the Heisman watch analysis, Mr. Allendale. Putting your buddies in there, man. You're number crazy. three for me. I'll give you two – I'll give you Kyler Murray. How about Gardner Minshew with the Washington State Cougars? We talked about this team already. This guy's putting up points in bunches, ex excelling in the Mike Leach offensive system, which you see a lot of guys do. But this guy's taking it and run with it. And you look at this last game against Oregon, man, he threw 51 passes. He's thrown 50-plus passes in all but one game this season, had four touchdowns and two picks. If you look on the year, I mean, 23 touchdowns, six interceptions, almost 3,000 yards on the season. He's joining, He's enjoying a career-high rating of 150.7. That's something we don't talk about very much, but still impressive to see the numbers going up for him. And he's an interesting transfer story you were telling, you were yeah, telling me about. Yeah, well, he's a graduate transfer, so East Carolina. He was a good passer at East Carolina, but you know when you go to Mike, play for Mike Leach, you're going to put up incredible numbers. Right. I mean, obviously, what, what Tua's done is, is pretty damn impressive for Alabama. Let's not mention the fact that he's, yeah, you said he's not seeing the field in the second half, but that's because he's well, he so... Well, he did last week a little bit. Yeah, so. well, it's because he's so good. He had, you realize he has not thrown an interception this year. Yeah, I know. 25 it's, it's, touchdowns and zero interceptions. That's <laughs> that's really hard to knock. And he's getting, you know, 200 yards, 300-plus yards passing in four out of his last six games, three out of his last four games he has it. He's only had one game in which he's completed more than 20 passes, but he hasn't needed to. He's only That, that was the game his, his season high in pass attempts was 30 against Texas A&M, and he had four touchdowns in that game. So it, it's to me, he's clear-cut number one. I'll give him that. I, I put Gardner in there number three behind Kyler Murray, but if Oklahoma loses again, I'm going to drop Kyler Murray in, in, my, in my rankings, even though he, he's a talented, very electric playmaker himself. How about – Shout, how about shout out to two guys that that uh, aren't on the top of well, people's list, but I still on the Raider. Yeah, about Benny the Jets now. Yeah, coming back for Kentucky. I, th I think he's kind of falling off my radar a, a little bit, but I, I still give him some love. He he was in there, you know, before they lost their game, but they had the loss where to Texas A&M, where he only had 60 yards rushing. So you say maybe he was exposed against higher competition, but still had 175 yards season high against the Gators back in week two. He had 169 yards this past week and a touchdown against Vanderbilt. They won that game by only seven. But how about sophomore Clemson Tigers running back? I might butcher this last name, Travis Etienne. This guy's been pretty darn good on the season. He had four straight games of 100-plus rushing yards before this last week against NC State where they really didn't need him to run the ball that much. And he's had three touchdowns in each of his last three games. That's nine touchdowns in his last three games. Word. 14 touchdowns on the season. I, I, you know, a lot of people don't give love to the young guys when it comes to the Heisman ranks, but watch out for this guy, sophomore Clemson Tigers running back. And then the other one I'm going to say, when we talked about the game this weekend, is Ed Oliver, a Houston junior defensive tackle, going to be playing against the undefeated Bulls this weekend. We'll, we'll see how much Blake Barnett can handle this guy, but he, he's putting up tackles in bunches. He had a forced fumble 
last week, and and he's one of the tops in terms of overall tackles in the country. He's going to be a high yeah, draft pick as yeah, well. So. Defensive guys never won, as far as I know, unless way back in the day has never won. Yeah, high. especially for a, a smaller school or you know mid mid level school like Houston. But how about my favorite segment of the week, as always, the Godfather's hot seat watch and i'm going to give you three names that that, uh, you tell me if they're on yours and then you give me yours mr allendell gus malzahn mike gundy i'm 50 now or clay helton usc are any of those guys on your hot seat right now? yeah why not (laughs) but they're not on my hot seat chris ash the Rutgers coach is way ahead of everybody he's burning it up so why hasn't he been fired yet he will be Uh, football is a mess Absolute mess. I don't know why he hasn't been fired. He's really made some just horrendous decisions along the way. Lovey Smith, I like the guy. He should be an NFL coach. His Illinois team is struggling. Uh, Maybe he deserves another year. We'll see what happens. And David Beatty, the Kansas coach. What Malzahn, about Malzahn? Malzahn, they, they all, Auburn owes him too much money. The contract is long. How do you pay, man? So I don't uh, I think Kevin Sumlin in Arizona, he's, he's been a disappointment. But Bobby Petrino, wow. You know, how about Willie Taggart? Where's he at? No, he's, he's not on now, but he – Number, he's he's fallen down, cooled off to number twenty three on coaches. Yeah, hey, next year he'll unless he does some next year he'll he'll be up there. Moving on to your awards of the week, as always, the Godfather giving out his bum of the week and hero of the week awards. Before we wrap this podcast up, Mr. Allendale, who is your bum of the week? Well, my bum of the week are all the critics that have criticized Nick Bosa uh, leaving Ohio State. He, he injured his groin, he had, groin. He had to have surgery. He could be back in December, could be back for a bowl game, but he decided not to go that route to get healthy and get ready for the draft. And I don't see anything wrong with that. I think it's a smart move. So I don't like the critics that why, why should he play for nothing for coaches that are making so much money? Yeah, take the money and move on, that's for sure. Catch me outside, how about that? Talking heroes of the week, I got to go with Trevor Lawrence. He really came through last week as uh, Clemson rolled over North Carolina State. He's a man. They're going to forget everything that's happened before him. How about bum of the week, Urban Meyer? Urban says uh, that all his weaknesses were exposed, or all of his team's weaknesses were exposed last year. Remember, Last week, excuse me. Remember last year, they also had a blowout loss. Closing statement to wrap up this podcast. What do you got? Well, I say you want to make some money this weekend, take FSU in 17. Or if you don't feel comfortable, then take Florida. Six and a half, you might get seven someplace. So so bet for the Gators and the Knolls, bet against the USF Bulls, huh? Uh, I wouldn't take the Bulls. That, that's, you just don't know what's going No, I said bet against them. Or stay away from that game. Okay. So, so, you're, so you're riding the Gators and the Knolls to your high heaven, cashing out on that, huh? Yeah, I got a feeling FSU's, they're not going to beat Clemson, but I think they're going to surprise and keep that game close if they can stay away from turnovers, which really killed them against Miami. Take it from the man who's on a betting hot streak right now, mybookie.com, Mr. Allendale, the godfather, putting more cash in your pocket on college football line bets this weekend. You heard it here first. That's going to wrap it up here for our weekly college football insider preview episode. You're listening to the Family Feud Sports Podcast, where two lifelong sports writers, also father and son, intensely debate the week's hottest sports news. We'll be back later this week with our NFL Vegas Quick Picks, where myself and Mr. Allendale pick every single NFL weekend game against the spread. We'll be back next week with some NBA content as well as our weekly fantasy football deep sleepers and waiver ads podcast early in the week, our NFL rants and raves, and another edition of this college football insider preview for week 10. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you next time. Peace out. Members of the public are welcome to come to watch proceedings. Where's the loot? Where's me? Where's me? The captain.
Listen to me, I'm not gonna raise my voice. My mom's in the hospital, you know, I promise. I'm on it all. Not a dollar more, not a dollar less. Next week, I promise. Listen to me, fuck out. Straight out the garage, Al Bundy with no horse or carriage. Straight out the paratroopers, parachuting over Paris. Straight out the charismatic, charisma. I caught a vision being ridden by a thick one, divorce and marriage. Beautiful view from out the terrace. While I was out recruiting the crew, another tale from the careless. Out of pocket, caught a staring. Then knocked it out the park, Roger Maris. I shoot the fair one, I shoot the sheriff. Not a dollar more, not a dollar less. Fucking any day or time of night. Call her up, call me Jimmy Walker, dynamite. The city stalker with a violent life, silent night. Uptown escape, but this ain't Harlem, this is Asylum Nights. A little crazy, he became a nuisance. Making moves about the West and got it off without a blueprint uh, the money talking shit keep it stirring i'm 2020 from a past life and living reoccurrence all right go press the fucking gas okay, okay, go 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 going? go what are you doing you I fucking moron fucking break on i thought you fucking break we had gonna get away you piece of shit go go madman i'll rip up stages specialize in removing lips from faces